Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect bad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. It's Isla, your host, and we have Courtney joining us today. We're going to dive into PCOS. Most of our clients, or I feel like a lot of our clients um, come to us with PCOS and either like don't even know what it is, or they don't know how to navigate it. They don't know if they should be like doing special things. They don't know if they should just be treating it the same with weight loss. So Courtney and I take the majority of the PCOS clients, and we're going to tackle this issue for you today. But Courtney, how are you? We're getting into like the warmer months. Are you doing anything fun this summer? He is so glad to be here. Um, yeah, this summer, we don't have anything specific planned. Um, my parents just bought a new house, and so they actually have a pool, and they're getting that all ready for the summer, so I'll definitely be over there swimming. Um, me and my husband usually plan like a spontaneous beach trip at some point during the summer. So yeah. What about you? Oh, not, well, since I just moved to Texas, like, of course, everybody I know, like got married, like when I left. So like once a month, <laughs> we're like flying back. So that's like pretty much like all of our vacation budget. We kind of want to go out to Austin because um, we haven't been there yet. And it's like three hours away. So we were just like making plans yesterday to maybe try to go to like the music festival out there, Austin City Limits. I think the lineup comes out like Tuesday. Are you a music festival person or not really? Cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, since COVID, I really haven't gotten to go to any over the past couple of years. But yeah, definitely going to be looking at some festivals coming up because I really miss just the feeling of seeing live music yeah because where is Bonnaroo in Tennessee oh it is yeah Manchester well fun yeah so that's like probably that'll be like the funnest part of our summer if we do that besides that it's just like flying home and flights are so expensive right now Mm -hmm. um, with the gas and everything but that's fun where is the closest beach to y'all like where do you even go well I usually don't even go to like the closest beaches because I feel like they're always the most crowded so we actually will sometimes go little further south like into Florida um we went to St. Augustine a couple years ago and I really liked it there so we might end up going back there this year yeah St. Augustine is so pretty um we've been before since it's at like the top of Florida used to not be that long of a drive from North Carolina and there's like actually like stuff to do it's not like just the beach because I feel like the town is really cute too yeah but cool what about like um I feel like our clients or audience is always looking for like new foods um have you been like really loving any like new foods recently or anything like that just for people to have ideas? Oh, um, I have been for a little bit doing a couple weeks here doing the meal delivery service, Hungry Root. I don't know if oh. you've heard of that one. There are so many different meal delivery options, but they really specialize in like quick and easy meal prep. So a lot of their 
veggies are kind of already chopped and like proteins are really quick cooking. So a lot of their meals take like 15 minutes to prepare and high protein, lots of vegetables. Um, and they also have this one really good, um, it is chickpea cookie dough. And it sounds weird, but it actually tastes really good. Like even my husband who is always weary of any sort of like alternative, like healthier type of substitutions. He was eating it and didn't even realize that it wasn't actual cookie dough. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've made that stuff on my own before and it tasted so awful and I'm like scarred for life, <laughs> but that's really cool. Why did you choose? What they do to bears. <laughs> Why did you choose the hungry root? I've been like stuck. I use Marlene spoon and I'm like looking for a new one, but I'm like so afraid to try a new one. Like, why did you choose that? That one? A, they specialize in like really quick prepared meals. Like, you know, they have so many options that only take 15 minutes to prepare. So that was huge for me. Um, Also, they have a lot of different, like it's not just a dinner, like meal service. You can also like, they've got like some lunch salads and also some like snack foods and like different items that they don't carry at my grocery store that I'll sometimes add into my cart. But yeah, I actually think a client told me about that. They had been um, using it and it's my favorite one that I've tried so far. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I'll have to look at that one. I thought about switching to like Sunbasket because I think that I'm trying to look for like a healthier mm-hmm. one. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I got like scared. So <laughs> maybe I'll try Hungry Root. Yeah, um, that's the other thing about them. Um, and this this podcast is not sponsored by Hungry. <laughs> this is an ad. <laughs> um, yeah, they offer a lot of options for people with um, like dietary restrictions. Like I myself, I don't eat gluten or dairy. Um, and that is an option that they have on there. And a lot of the other like meal kits I tried, like HelloFresh and that sort of thing, like contain a lot of dairy and a lot of gluten ingredients. Um, and so I didn't have like a ton of options, but with Hungry Root, they have so many options for like different dietary needs. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. And that's really applicable to even what we'll talk about today. So I'll have to recommend that to clients that need like gluten and dairy-free stuff. Um, yeah. Cause I do Marlene spoon um, and it is not compliant, like with anything, like most of the meals are like seven to a thousand calories. I have to be like really creative with like taking out the bread, but it's a lot more like artistic and I love to cook and I love to spend like hours on my meals. And that's like really what it's catered for. But I don't think that's the majority of what our audience wants either. So, right. (laughs) Um, Well, before we dive into our topic today, I wanted to talk about or read one of Courtney's Google reviews because it came back and Every time I like read these reviews, it kind of makes me tear up a little bit because we just like never know, um, even like for y'all or even for myself, I never know how a client like really feels. Um, and so this was a great review from a previous client that Courtney just finished up with. So she wrote, I started with the millennial nutritionist in February. I struggled with an eating disorder years ago and seeing the number on the scale can really be triggering for me. Instead of using the scale, my coach Courtney and I kept track of my measurements. I'm done with the program now and have learned so, so much. Did I lose million inches off of my waist. No, but I did even better. I lost about five inches, but gained so much knowledge. I thought I knew how to lose weight and be healthy, but I was wrong. I've learned so much about health and nutrition. I can't recommend them enough. If you are struggling and think to yourself, 
I know how to lose weight, but it just won't come off. And you need to give this program a try because trust me, you don't know how to do it properly until you learn from the pros of the millennial nutritionist. They really set me up for success. And I have no fear of going out by myself and continuing this journey. This is a lifestyle reset, not a quick fix on how to lose weight. They've helped me change my lifestyle in order for me to succeed. There was never any pressure from my coach Courtney to be the smallest that I can be. They're supportive in every step. Do this program, follow their instructions and guidelines, and you will succeed. That's awesome. Was she so fun to work with? I feel like with that personality that had to be. Yeah, it's always, like you said, so great to get these reviews in. And, you know, because in our sessions, we're going over so much information that, you know, a lot of times we don't know exactly what impact we've had on the client. So just to, you know, see these reviews really reminds us of why we do what we do. But yeah, she was great to work with. Um, So many of our clients, thankfully, are super motivated and really want to take the information that we give them and apply it. And it's just great to work with people who are just so highly motivated and happy to be, you know, on the program and changing their lifestyle. Yeah, cool, cool. Do you feel like you're tired of trying every new diet out there whenever you're ready to lose weight, but you never really find long-term success because it's either too restrictive or just not conducive to your lifestyle? Well, then let me tell you about our three-month lifestyle reset program. This is an individualized weight loss approach where you'll be going through our proven six-step method and you'll be led by a registered dietitian. By becoming a client of the program, you'll be able to learn how to control your weight, increase your energy and confidence, and also improve your overall well-being. Not to be dramatic, but a lot of clients tell us that they actually change their lives by going through the program and finally find a sustainable weight loss solution when they actually haven't found that with any other program. If you are interested in becoming a client, sign up for a discovery call on our website, themillennialnutritionist.com with me, Isla Garcia, and I'll help match you with one of our registered dietitian coaches based off of your challenges and their nutrition expertise. If you're ready to find a sustainable weight loss solution in a non-judgmental and encouraging environment, I hope you'll connect with us soon. Okay, so we can dive in today um, about PCOS. So um, like I said, Courtney and I are the our coaches that take the most PCOS clients on our team. So we're going to kind of just talk to you about our experience because there's so much out there about PCOS, but we're going to kind of share like really what works for our clients. And so what you can do if you have PCOS and you're struggling just based on what works for us. So first, can you tell me your experience with working with clients with PCOS? Yeah. Um, so obviously in our line of work, we get a lot of clients with PCOS because due to the hormonal abnormalities that these clients struggle with, a lot of times it's harder for them to lose weight. Um, they a lot in disproportionate amounts suffer from insulin resistance, which, you know, makes weight gain easier, weight loss a lot harder. Um, so yeah, I've worked with several PCOS clients. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And me too. Um, I, when, when we started, when I started this program, even when I was by myself, 
at first I was a little scared because it sounds kind of scary and I don't have PCOS. Like, I don't know. And all I've ever really heard is it can be harder. Um, but as we started, as I started getting clients, um, I really educated myself and all whatever it said. And honestly, sometimes I even forget our clients have PCOS, but then sometimes, you know, it's really evident that they, it is kind of holding them back. Um, but, um, we both take PCOS clients. And so that's kind of our experience with that. So I'm going to talk a little bit, just an overview about what PCOS is before we dive into some more questions. So first, what is PCOS? Um, it sounds, stands for polycystic ovary syndrome and about six to 12% of women have this. It can be early onset or later. So it's not like something that people are born with. It can be diagnosed later in life. And the way that it is diagnosed is that it, you have to have at least two of these symptoms, excess androgen. So um, that can look like, uh, like facial hair, excess testosterone, baldness, um, ovarian cysts and irregular periods. And all of these symptoms can be worse if you're overweight. So one fun fact is like, you don't even have to have the cyst to technically have PCOS. You can even just like have two of the other symptoms. The cause of PCOS really isn't known. So I, I always get clients who are like afraid that they're going to get it or that they feel like they've done something in their past that this is why they've gotten it. But the cause really just like, isn't known for this. Some research is finding that it could be because pe some people have like excess insulin, which then can trigger the excess androgen production, or it can also just be from consistent low grade inflammation, which I feel like a lot more emphasis now is like put on that when I talk to my clients a lot about like not being so stressed out all the time, really evaluating like your work-life balance. Cause we're finding that a lot of these like diseases are really coming out of that constant inflammation, like from stress and stuff. And then also just like genetics. Um, do you feel like you kind of see that too? Yeah. Inflammation. I mean, it's just at the root of so many chronic diseases and PCOS is no exception in that regard. So what does PCOS look like? Like what do symptoms equate to when you have PCOS? A lot of times this comes with infertility, which is why I end up seeing a lot of my clients because maybe their doctor, they're trying to get pregnant and their doctor's told them they need to lose weight to uh, alleviate some of their PCOS symptoms around infertility. Also a, a heightened risk for gestational diabetes or preeclampsia. So like when you're pregnant, getting diabetes or like hypertension, fatty liver disease, um, type two diabetes, endometrial cancer, and abnormal bleeding can all come from having PCOS. Um, do you like see anything else with your clients like around symptoms or do you know anything else about like more symptoms that PCOS clients can have? Yeah, um, just along with the excess androgen, um, acne is really common, especially like cystic acne um, is related to that androgen excess. Um, weight gain with the insulin resistance, especially like in the abdominal region. They're also at more risk for high blood pressure and just general issues with the endothelial tissues, which are the ones that line the heart and the blood vessels. So yeah, heart issues, weight gain, acne, um, all more common in PCOS clients. Yeah. And all that stuff is really serious. Um, and it can be kind of scary if client, like people don't even know what to do about it. How should you be diagnosed? Um, there really isn't like a clear diet. There's not like a test. Sometimes I have clients that are like, Oh, I think I have PCOS. And they're like, what should I do to get tested? And I'm always like, yeah, the testing is like kind of vague. Like if you just have like those symptoms that we were talking about, like you could have it, but then there's really not much else to do because the treatment from there 
a lot of times like um, comes down to like medical treatment, which would be possibly like birth control to kind of regulate some of those hormones, metformin to uh, address the insulin resistance and then other medications um, to regulate period. And I see this a lot around um, when clients are trying to get pregnant with PCOS, they take different medications to kind of help think like induce a period. But um, a lot of times the medical treatment is just to address the symptoms, or at least that's what I see when a client has come, like comes to me. Do you feel like you kind of see the same? Cause there's not like a, something to like completely reverse PCOS from medical standpoint, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just going to be, you know, if they need to go on metformin to help regulate their glucose levels or take something to, you know, excrete some of those excess androgens, but that's not going to stop the fact that they are insulin resistant and their body is producing those excess androgens. So really the diet and lifestyle change is the biggest part of treating it. But with all of these things that kind of can happen, the hardest part with PCOS is the biggest recommendation is that you should lose weight to control the symptoms and that that's going to have the biggest impact. But when you have PCOS and you have insulin resistance and all these like hormone imbalances, that makes it hard to lose weight. So you can kind of get stuck in this cycle. And that's where working with a dietitian who can really help you to get out of that cycle and think critically about it. And like, even just like help you emotionally through all of that can really come in handy so that your medical team can address you with uh, medical interventions with medicine and stuff like that. And then we can only take on the nutritional changes that can help with the weight loss. Um, so we're kind of going to explain what that looks like from our experience so we can help you. Um, so maybe like starting from the top, like we get a client with PCOS, we know that they have it. Um, what does that look like? Like starting from like day one with a client with PCOS, like, do you treat them any differently or like, what do you do knowing that they have PCOS? Yeah. So from the beginning, we're just going to start with the basics with PCOS clients, moderate caloric deficit, making sure they're getting enough protein for their body, making sure they're getting enough produce and fiber, um, working on getting enough activity, um, because we don't want to just right out the gate, put a whole lot of restrictions on the person because every client is different. Every body is different. And just because, you know, you have PCOS, it's not an exact science of like, okay, this is the PCOS diet protocol. A lot of times it's some trial and error with finding out what works for that person. Um, but with PCOS clients, I definitely put an extra focus on like fiber, not including a whole lot of like high glycemic foods that are going to spike the blood sugar really quickly. Um, because in women with PCOS, you know, so many of them have that insulin resistance and they are going to have a more drastic response to that spike in blood sugar than other clients. So while we take, you know, an all foods fit approach, if I'm looking at a PCOS client and every night after dinner, they're having like really high sugar ice cream, but they're doing it, you know, in a proportion that fits into their calories for the day, I might say, okay, maybe we can change this and maybe do like a chia seed pudding with like berries and some sugar-free chocolate chips added in. That way it's going to have 
fiber, some protein in there to kind of slow down that glycemic response. It's not that they can never have ice cream. It's just that, okay, do we want you eating ice cream right before bed every night and getting that huge glucose response at the end of the day? Yeah, I think that's really important to explain that um, if somebody has insulin resistance um, in general, or yeah, like especially for like PCOS clients that probably do already have it, the calorie, like it doesn't really matter the calories if like you're eating a like concentrated amount of sweets for like some people, cause it can kind of trigger some other responses that we don't with weight loss. So that is something that we can really keep in mind for you or that you should keep in mind for yourself too, is looking at those like concentrated amounts of like uh, sugar and carbs all at once. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Because when you have insulin resistance, you know, it just means the body isn't responding to that insulin and taking in blood sugar into the cell to utilize it like it's supposed to. So you get a high sugar response, your body's pumping out all this insulin, but it's not getting into the cell to be used for energy. So the body is like, okay, well, we've got to store this. Um, And a lot of times that can get stored as fat. So you just want to with PCOS clients, try to keep that, those blood sugar levels balanced throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I think going back to what you said in the beginning, I do the same thing. Like, no, if I have a client with PCOS, like I just kind of keep it in the back of my head, but a lot of times I find that clients like respond really well to just like our basic steps that we apply to everyone. Like weight might be a little slower, but honestly, sometimes like I have a client right now, she has PCOS and she's renewed with me. And every time she works with me, she loses the most weight. She loses like 10% of her body weight, like 30 pounds each time. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is there, I mean, I guess it depends on like the type of PCOS or like if what symptoms they're having, like maybe she doesn't have the hormonal part as much. Um, exactly. Yeah. I think it's like 70% of PCOS clients have the insulin resistance and have to be like mm. more careful about the carbs, especially, but you know, in that. 30% or so. And also how you mentioned the diagnosing being sort of vague. So we don't know what symptoms their mm-hmm. doctor diagnosed them based on. Yeah. So all that to say, like, it's just because you have PCOS doesn't mean it's like gonna be like this really hard thing for you to lose weight. Um, so that's why it's important to still just start with the basics. Cause that's what across the field, like even when I was researching the very beginning, like if I get a PCOS client, what do I do? It's like, eat fruits and vegetables, strength training, exercise, like stress reduction, which is what we tell like everyone. So, um, that's what it sounds like we both kind of do at the same time. Um, but then like, if, you know, we go through a certain amount of time, we give it enough time to really set in. Um, and the weight loss is either just like super slow or they're just like not really responding. Maybe they're not losing weight after like a couple months. Um, what is kind of the next step that you keep in mind for what to do? So really with the, the carbohydrate thing, I might slightly lower the percentage of carbohydrates, whatever percentage of carbohydrates we started them out at, I might slightly reduce that. And a lot of times in the beginning, you know, we don't have clients, you know, pay a lot of attention to like the carbs and fats. We really focus on a healthy balanced diet, you know, mainly focusing on getting adequate protein, produce, and all of that. But because of the high likelihood that they are insulin resistant, I always look at carbs next. So trying to focus, again, even more on those lower glycemic carbs, 
reducing the carb percentage. I usually don't do anything like crazy, like a, a keto percentage or anything like that. But, you know, if I have them at 45% carbs, lowering them to 35% carbs. Also, um, time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting um, is sometimes a technique that I will use. And that is basically where you keep your eating to a designated window for the day. So that might be, say, like a 10-hour window. And so if you're eating your first meal at 9 a.m., um, you're finishing up your last meal and all your snacks by 7 p.m., and this has been shown to increase insulin sensitivity and help control blood sugar. We really weren't, you know, meant to be like grazing all day long from like super early in the morning to really late in the evening. You know, your digestive tracts having to like process food all day long, your blood sugars constantly getting spiked at all these different intervals. Having a longer overnight fasting period to kind of help things reset and not get as many of those carb and insulin spikes throughout the day has seemed to be helpful in clients that I've worked with with PCOS. Yeah, I find that too. That's yeah, the same thing I do is I start looking like typically the easiest thing first is to start the back, cutting back on carbs. And again, this is not across the board, but with clients that have like different hormonal imbalances and already have that like insulin um, problem. And um, because I find it's like the easiest, typically clients already like come to me with a low carb um, eating and take anyway, I think just from what like diet culture kind of like talks about. So typically that's easy for them, but with knowing that they should still be eating a lot of calories, it's not like we're cutting calories. We're kind of just shifting the amount of like fat versus carbs. Um, and that's, that's the difference kind of from when I see when clients are working on their own and doing low carb versus like when they work with us, like also focusing on those other foods and yeah, the intermittent fasting, um, I find that too, that for this group of people, it can be beneficial again, if we've already worked through all the basics, there's no point in doing that. If they're not eating enough fruits and vegetables, if they're not exercising all that stuff, because the basics might work anyway. And we definitely don't want to add on extra restrictions if it's not necessary. Do you feel like that too? Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, um, do you ever do anything with like gluten and dairy free or do you not find that that's like needed? To be honest, that is not one that I have tried a whole lot with this particular population. Um, just because that there may be, I just haven't seen or been exposed to if there is like research on it. If they show symptoms that they could be gluten or dairy intolerant, I, I definitely would go that route because if there is some kind of intolerance present that, you know, they suspect or they're showing signs of, that could be contributing to inflammation, which is worsening the PCOS, thus worsening the weight gain. So yeah, definitely if they're showing any signs of like gluten or dairy intolerance, or they, you know, think that that could be an issue for them. Yeah. It's so hard with this too, because there's, I just find there's not a whole lot of research in general. And as dietitians, we want to have all of our recommendations really come from research. And so a lot of these are like, we're going to try it. There's some like there's some research let's kind of see, but it's really up to the, the person's body too. And so trying it an amount of time to see if there's like any response for all of these different methods, but maybe let's take the low carb approach and um, kind of dive into that a little bit more. Like 
for our clients who are kind of busy, social millennials, um, and if you were to start on like a lower carb um, way of eating for like a trial to see if that's going to help with PCOS, like what would that look like? Do you feel like for like a whole day of eating? Because I think for some people that can be like really overwhelming. Like maybe let's work through like what a breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack would be for like a low carb day of eating. Like, can you think of anything off the top of your head? Yeah. Um. So I mean, for breakfast, some scrambled eggs with a side of avocado and like a side of berries, maybe some cheese uh, sprinkled on the scrambled eggs. Um, lots of protein, some fiber in there, some produce, a um, little bit of carbs from the berries, a little bit in the avocado, but you know, nothing, you know, compared to if you're having a big bowl of cereal in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I see that. I think a couple of clients I'm doing now with a uh, low carb, one of them is doing like a smoothie that she's found, just not adding like a ton of fruit um, mm-hmm. and like one serving of fruit, but still getting a lot of the vegetables, protein in. And then another one has been doing a lot of fun stuff. She does like, sometimes she does like a little egg cups. So kind of like what you're saying. And then sometimes she also does like, uh, like even like breakfast tacos with like low carb tortillas mm-hmm. um, and that stuff is fun. And then what about like lunch? What would be like, do you think is a good like low carb lunch? Lunch? I mean, Thankfully, due to like the low carb craze, there's a ton more availability. So if you do need to go on a lower carb diet for PCOS, it's not going to be nearly as hard as it would have been, you know, 10 years ago or something. Um, But, you know, they make a ton of the like low carb wraps that you mentioned. So just like a normal like deli wrap with like turkey cheese you know maybe some lettuce tomato and then you could have like a side of maybe some carrots and hummus and get some extra produce in there yeah I think that's a good idea I think the one for me that I kind of think of is that you know like a salad or even like I've been having some of my clients do like chicken lettuce wraps I used to work at Pia Chang's forever so I always <laughs> recommend chicken lettuce wraps yeah those are good lettuce wraps you also um collards if you want to like put a little bit more stuff on your wrap collards are a little bit stronger than less and you can actually like wrap them into a burrito oh yeah that's a good idea and then dinner would probably like essentially be the same but what about some like snacks what do you think are like some good snacks you normally recommend for these types of clients I'm a big fan of just like having like some protein shakes on hand I mean those are beneficial for everybody um just when you need to quickly be able to grab and go get a high protein snack in, but you know, they could still, cause like I mentioned, I'm not usually dropping in down to like keto level of carbs. You can still have a little bit of carbs. So, I mean, an apple and a peanut butter and like peanut butter together. Um, cause that's the other thing with controlling the blood sugar spikes is it's not that, you know, you need to avoid all carbs but it's, you want to have these whole food carbs with fiber in them, and then also pair them with like some fat and some protein. So the apple, and then, you know, it's got the fiber in there and then the fat's going to kind of help slow down that glucose response. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If, if a client is doing like dairy, I'll eat like cheese sticks or, um, even like beef jerky or, Mm -hmm. uh, nuts. That's my, like, I feel like a lot of people forget about nuts. Yeah. Like trail mix even. Yeah. What about exercise? So is there anything special you consider um, when it comes to a client with PCOS and exercise? We put a lot of focus on strength training. I mean, I do that with all of my clients, but 
especially in PCOS clients. Um, again, just because if you increase that muscle mass, um, you're going to become more insulin sensitive and that's going to decrease a lot of those PCOS symptoms. Um, I do try to watch out that clients with PCOS aren't doing intense strenuous cardio. They can do cardio. There's nothing, you know, wrong with doing like a moderate cardio, but if they're running five miles every single day at like maximum capacity, that has the potential to kind of spike that cortisol stress hormone level. And that can actually increase inflammation in the body and sort of, you know, lead us toward the opposite of what we're wanting to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Same here. Um, I'm never a super big fan of when people tell me that they signed up and then they um, are running a marathon or something like using mm-hmm. that as their version. But if they don't have any um, reason to maybe have more inflammation, then I say, oh, like, yeah, let's work with it. But if we're working together for a while and then like I don't see weight loss, I say, OK, let, maybe let's let's start like kind of peeling that back, especially if you have like PCOS um, because we just want to really uh, make sure we're not in, like increasing that inflammation. So strength training, which is what honestly we recommend for everybody anyway. And then what about like the psyche part? So what if like sometimes people with PCOS, it can be a little slower depending on like where I think where their hormones are and stuff like that. Um, what do you do or what do you recommend for people who are like frustrated that this is them and this is their issue and that it's slower than somebody else who doesn't have PCOS? Like like, how do you feel like people should address that part? Or how do you help people address that part? You know, and like we mentioned, everybody is a little bit different. So just because you have PCOS doesn't necessarily mean that automatically it's going to be a lot slower than someone else. But definitely in some cases, you know, that can be the case. Um, for those clients, I just really encourage them to focus on the other reasons that they are doing this. Are they changing their habits just to see a number on the scale? You know, are they completely done on their health journey the day that they see that number on the scale that they're hoping to see? No, you know, in most cases you want to, you know, live a long, healthy life, you know, be able to spend time with your family and friends and go out and do all the things that you enjoy to be able to fuel your body well so that you have energy you know maybe we work on like some strength training goals and you know that way they can focus on their progress there and not just obsessing over that number on the scale yeah i think having multiple i call it like points of progress or just like different goals that are you that you are in control of is important when you're on any health journey because you're ultimately not in control of what the number on the scale says, but you're in control of what you can do to kind of lead up to that. And so putting your effort more into the controllable things, like how many servings of fruit you're eating or how many servings, like how how much exercise are you doing and stuff like that is what I normally recommend too. What about, you would know like way more about this than me, like supplements. I feel like with any of these like hormonal um, kind of situations, there's a lot of out there about like supplements people should be taking. Are there any that you have found that are better to recommend or are you more like, let's just kind of see how things are. What do you know anything about that area? If I was recommending, you know, like a couple supplements to everybody, this would be one of them. Um, like a fish oil supplement 
you can get enough omega-3s from fish oil um, from your diet, but you have to be eating like a couple, at least one to two servings of fatty fish every week. And most people aren't doing that. Um, so getting like a fish oil supplement in just because we have to have those omega-3s on board to be able to produce anti-inflammatory molecules. So that's a great supplement for PCOS clients um, and really just for anybody. Um, another one that is a little more maybe specific to PCOS, it's actually showing promise for a variety of different conditions, but it's called berberine. And this is an herbal supplement and it naturally occurs in the roots and bark of like several different plants. But um, research is now coming out showing it uh, reducing insulin resistance, helping with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, obesity, um, yeah, just boosting that insulin sensitivity, especially. Um, so that's one that I will recommend to PCOS clients sometimes who are doing all of the right things, but maybe just need a little extra boost of help in the insulin resistance or like if they're having high blood pressure issues or something like that. I can't believe you said the last one. I just had a client. Um, she doesn't, well, I guess she, she doesn't diagnose PCOS. She does have insulin resistance and she recently started taking berberine again. And mm -hmm. I've like heard about it. Like some, um, we've been working on like just getting her to do the basics though. So we haven't really like had to go all the way there yet, but she just started taking it again. Um, and her weight has like started coming down. I mean, it's always hard to know if it's like a, uh, from consistent efforts from what we've been doing, or if it's just like that one addition. Um, but I think I might start recommending that too, to more clients, because I don't think it's going to harm anyone, but it's definitely interesting that you said that too. Yeah. Um, I think there was a study comparing it to metformin, um, and it actually had like similar effect, but you know, without some of the side effects that you can get from like the pharmaceuticals, um, same thing. I think they compared it to um, like a statin for mm -hmm. like cholesterol and it could be compared with the statin. So yeah, it's a supplement that seems to be showing a lot of promise. Um, you know, unfortunately there's not like big money in researching supplements and like also just nutrition in general. So that's why a lot of these things, you know, we have some research to go on, but like you've mentioned, it just becomes like trial and error of what's going to work for the person. Yeah, definitely. I guess lastly, do you have any like client success stories or, you know, if somebody's really struggling with PCOS and they just like feel like there's no hope for them, like they were just diagnosed and now they're like so upset what, um, like, have you helped anybody with PCOS that, um, can like make somebody feel like more hopeful that you can just like hear a success story? Yeah. Um, so like we've mentioned a couple times throughout this, um, you know, we have several clients with PCOS who we really haven't treated them any differently than the things we tell all of our other clients who don't have, you know, underlying health issues. So, just because, you know, you get that diagnosis doesn't mean you're not going to be able to lose weight. It doesn't even necessarily mean it's going to be a whole lot harder for you. But um, recently I did have a client with PCOS who just 
you know, wasn't really losing weight. She had lost a little bit, but, you know, she had been stagnant for a while. Um, and we sort of switched to the lower carbohydrate percentage that seemed to help a little bit, but, you know, not get moving quite as much as we wanted to. So then we switched to like a time restricted feeding window where, you know, she was just kind of eating all of her meals and snacks within 10 hours a day. We, um, you know, increased the healthy fats in her diet. And we also kind of ended up going more of like a paleo style diet. So that, you know, typically does cut out gluten and dairy as well. So that sounds like a lot, but it was small changes made over time. And by the end of it, she was losing weight and still able to go out and enjoy her life because she had learned how to structure her life and, you know, her social life and all of that around what she needed to do for her body to lose weight. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think it's great that you're really able to take her through all of those different, um, like kind of ways of eating, but because you're a dietitian and because you like know everything about like the background, like you're able to take her through a progression that makes sense to add, like to start with like the least restrictive and then add on and kind of see like if there are changes made and then, you know, cause I think sometimes clients like this, um, or people who have PCOS, they may start with like the hardest, most restrictive thing and then get frustrated if it doesn't work. But I think working with like somebody one-on-one can help you like help that, um, to determine like if it's worth to go like that restrictive route or not, and even like give you tons of new ideas. Yes. Cause you know, you can find millions of articles online saying, you know, you should immediately cut out gluten and dairy and you should, you know, eat only 10% carbohydrates, but that's not really fitting for most people's lifestyle doing all of that right out the gate. Um, And a lot of times you don't need to do all of these super restrictive interventions to see weight loss. Yeah, definitely. Um, like my story that comes to mind, I, um, one of my first clients I ever worked with, she was actually like a friend from a really long time ago. Um, she had just been diagnosed PCOS, like reached out to see if I could help her. And, um, I said, yeah, you know, we come on, we'll work on this. And we only really like had to get through the basics. She like never really exercised. She had a sedentary job where she worked like 12 hours a day. Um, she would skip lunch and just eat like a very large amount at dinner time. And so just kind of like working through the basic steps of getting her a little bit more active, walking through the day when she could, um, also trying to get her to like think through some easy, like microwavable meals. She could honestly just eat while she worked to get something in. So she wasn't like overeating when she finally had time to eat. And then also, um, helping her to like think through when she could get some strength training in helped her to lose, um, 10 pounds, which was enough for her. And she told me at the end, she really didn't think that it was going to work. And she was like, so happy that she didn't have to, you know, try all these things that she was thought that she needed to try, um, that she was like reading on Reddit and stuff. So I think like both of our stories really speak to why it's so helpful to just like work with somebody one-on-one who can make it like help you with that plan to decide if you need to take the intervention or not. And if you do, we're here for the support. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed listening to our kind of like brief overview of PCOS and what it looks like when you're actually a client. Cause I know I get clients all the time who say there's so much stuff out there. I just need a guide. And that's kind of like what we work on with clients specifically. If you are interested, you know, in working with somebody um, who knows about PCOS, you can definitely check out me and Courtney on our website, but take care. 
you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.